Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Koroi Hawkins. Coming up, Oceania Rugby is aiming for more tournaments for Tier 3 nations. Nauru is aiming high for its International 15s debut. The Western Force are looking forward to playing Tonga this weekend. And Fiji is aiming for continuity in a search for a new football coach. Pacific countries with rugby unions still struggling to develop the sport could benefit from a renewed approach by Oceania Rugby to create more regular tournaments. The first annual edition of the Tier 3 Oceania Rugby Cup kicks off in Port Moresby this Friday. It will see Papua New Guinea hosting national teams from Solomon Islands, Nauru and Niue. I spoke with Oceania Rugby's competitions manager, Wayne Schuster, about the Cup. It's come in earnest this year. I think there's been a feeling over the last couple of years that um, this is one area um, that we really wanted to um, develop in terms of providing more meaningful competitions for these tier nations, for these performance and development nations. So there's an area of of excitement um, with this tournament. Uh, Us bringing a tournament here to Papua New Guinea is quite significant in the sense that uh, we hope that it's a catalyst to to ensure that this tournament remains here in Papua New Guinea over the next three or four years. Um, Previously, this tournament has been run biannually every two years and we'll... um, we have been able to do so. We've, we've just noticed over the last couple of editions where a couple of the teams have lost their way, um, not so much by interest, but rather for other reasons within these unions in itself in terms of funding and getting these programs in place. We've, we've had a decline of teams participating. Um, this year round, we've got um, you know, Nauru obviously making their debut. Um, we've got Way coming back after eight-year absence from, from playing at this level. So I mean, all in all, I think with this tournament, we hope that it becomes a catalyst, I guess, um, to reinvigorate um, the Tier 3 rugby. Yeah, so just having that, that annual fixture sort of will have will, will focus efforts more, you think? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's, that's something not only to meet the needs of the member unions. You know, we, we meet regularly with these member unions and have a lot, a lot of dialogue, so to speak, in terms of, of their needs, and, and there's been a prevalent... Um, very prevalent um, need by these unions to have more access or exposure to to international uh, 15s. I mean, to be on par with some of our other regional competitions and teams where they have access to regular annual competitions, it's certainly something that we need to do, and hopefully um, we can make that sustainable. I think that's a key word around our, <laughs> within our region as well, to ensure not only that we get it up and going, you know, it's no point having one hit wonder competitions and then three years, two years having it dormant. It's, it's, we, we need to look at uh, sustainability and getting these tournaments up and going on an annual basis. The hosts, Papua New Guinea, how are they shaping up ahead of the tournament? Oh, yeah, Papua New Guinea's come a, come quite a way. Um, they've made some progress over the last couple of years with um, a few internal um, issues that it. They had taken place within Papua New Guinea Rugby Football Union. They've turned the, the corner, so to speak, or turned the leaf in the new terms, and, and they're, they're, they're 
making a good fist of uh, of ensuring that the, this tournament is um, that stays here in Papua New Guinea. So, um, you know, we've got sincere, genuine willingness from Papua New Guinea Rugby Union to be the catalyst um, for the performance and development unions. Obviously a massive league nation, uh, that, that transition to union could be something positive in terms of star quality available? Oh, absolutely. You know, one to look at the population of Papua New Guinea in, in itself. Um, yes, the rugby league is the national sport, and, but with that being said, these, there remains a large following of rugby fellowship here in Papua New Guinea, and you know, there's a lot of potential in the, in, in the development areas, especially with, with, with uh, girls and women's rugby here in Papua New Guinea. Um, there seems to be a lot of desire here in the country in itself and in around um, women's rugby as well. So. Um, you know, you just have to look at, you know, Papua New Guinea is one of the astounding um, statistics in terms of their population, the, the proportion of their population under 20. I think um, uh, people they, they, people don't realise um, that it's a very young population. There's a lot of potential out there in, in, in terms of developing sport as a means of, of, of positive social change. We've touched on... on uh Almost all teams, so it may as well do Solomon Islands. How are they? How are they coming into the competition? Solomon Islands, they, they, they've, they've made a lot of progress. They, they've um, um, leading the way, I guess, in, in Western Pacific in terms of their training and education. Um, their development um, programs are in place, and, and they're really building towards the 15th program. Their sevens program have been, um, you know, has, has been impressive over the last couple of years, where they've climbed the ladder. So. That's a reflection of where rugby in Solomon Islands is going. Um, for them to enter this competition, um, they were absent from the last uh, from the last edition um, in 2017, and then coming back in this will be interesting. Um, they typically have a very good rivalry in terms of 15s rugby against the host Papua New Guinea, so that's certainly something that we'll be looking forward to um, come final round where they square off uh, for the Melanesian. Um, Melanesian title, so to speak, if that was the case. Yeah, and and just just on that, just in terms of uh, tournament format, how's it going to go? So, in terms of, we've got a fourteen tournament um, format, and it's round robin uh, with competition points. With the team with the most competition points actually taking the crown for the Oceania Rugby Cup. Um, so there is no, um, essentially, no final playoff, so to speak. So over the course of these three rounds, um, these competition points will, will be accrued to determine the winner. Still on the Oceania Cup, Nauru Rugby are excited to be making their debut on the international 15 stage. Their first game will be against host Papua New Guinea on Saturday. The Nauru coach, Dominic Tabuna, says their participation in the tournament is the culmination of many years of hard work building the sport locally. I spoke with Mr Tabuna and his team manager, Godwin Debao, in Brisbane, en route to Papua New Guinea. Okay, uh, Godwin Debao, manager for Nauru. Uh, Dominic Tabuna, head coach of Nauru Rugby. Awesome. So, so first international debut for for 15s for Nauru must be a very exciting time for you. Yes, uh, pretty much exciting. Uh, it's our first ever 15s test match. And and what kind of a preparation has gone into this? Are, are you picking from? Um, uh, you've played. You made a debut in sevens previously, haven't you? Have you just picked from the same team, or is this a new team altogether? Uh, it's very much a, a new team. Um, the sevens uh, players just returned from um, the Pacific Games. Uh, some of them are involved, and 
most of them not involved in the 15 team. And and how long has it taken you to get to this point? What kind of work have you had to put in, both on the field and off the field? It's it's to be honest, it's really difficult to um, make up the team uh, because we've got um, others, well AFL to compete with in Nauru, and the other obstacle for us is the proper training ground. We don't have a field, a grass field for training. And we juggle through um, through training and uh, preparations. Right. Uh, let, let me let me just add that um, we started uh, the 15th competition uh, in the national competition at home. Started two years ago with with a pretty much low uh, number of um, participants, but it's uh, steadily growing now. It's double its size uh, this year, and we are able to. Um, at least have some sort of a field group of players to select from for this first ever tournament and first three test matches for the for the national side. Yes, that's that's amazing. Congratulations on on growing that locally. Um, uh, and and your aims going into the tournament? Essentially, we're looking for you know for good giving the opposition a good you know competition, not just uh, the uh, on the field, but just you know, off the field, we're trying to improve our systems. But, but on the field, uh, we're trying to uh, play as well as we can, given the, you know, the situation we're in. That was the Nauru coach, Dominic Tabuna, and team manager, Godwin Debao. The Western Force coach, Tim Sampson, says they're looking forward to playing the Tonga national team on Saturday as part of the Ikalitahi's preparation for the Rugby World Cup in Japan next month. The Western Australia club side travelled to Tonga earlier this week on the invitation of the Tonga coach, Tautai Kifu, just a week out from their own national rugby championship season. Western Force coach Tim Sampson told Vinnie Wiley it's great to play a part in the Pacific Nations' journey to the World Cup. Yeah, it's obviously playing a, a national uh, team is a um, huge honour for the club and uh, um, that's something that um, you know, we're really looking, looking forward to. It doesn't happen often these days um, with club play club plays country, but um, yeah, they're, they're obviously preparing well for the World Cup and um, uh, we're, we're travelling over there, spend eight days over there and we're going to soften them up for you before they travel to New Zealand. <laughs> Absolutely, um, <laughs> and and, and, and whereabouts is your team at in terms of readiness or preparation, because obviously you've had your your season basically with the, the Asia Showcase, the Pacific Showcase and a few extra matches. Uh, uh, have you still got most of that squad or have, I know some of your players, for example, uh, uh, you know, um, Mr. Stow was obviously is in the Samoan squad, so you, you obviously don't have everyone you had earlier this year. How different is, is the uh, squad you'll be taking to Tonga, and uh, how how match ready are they? Yeah, there, there, there is a bit of a, a shift there in terms of uh, players in our squad, more so through the backs. Uh, we've lost uh, Matsubishi Takawaka, who was a Fijian uh, gold medalist uh, for the, the Sevens, so he went to Toulon. Uh, another outside back has gone to uh, uh, French. Um, pro Div 2 uh, Rod Davies uh, he left last week had his last game last week with us and he's gone uh, he's now uh, with the Australian Sevens so there's been a bit of a shift um, through the backs but we've, it's given us an opportunity opportunity to um, look at some of our academy guides and um, you know, we're, we're looking at some guys on the east coast of Australia as well 
it must be encouraging considering everything the Western Force has gone through in the last two, three, four years uh, to, to have players like that in demand though, to you know have players wanted over in France, to have players getting called up to Rugby World Cup squads and whatnot, it you know, must show that a lot of what you're doing is, is right. Yeah, it is. It's the good and the bad. And, um, I think when you have uh, not only quality players, but, but quality people at your club, you, you don't want them to, to move on, but um, it, it's the nature of the beast. And it? Yeah, it is great to see um, you know, guys kick on, and it does show the importance um, of a professional team here in, in, in WA. And, uh, and what is that feeling amongst the uh, the squad and the wider community over there? Of course, you had, uh, unfortunately for this side of the Tasman, you had obviously a pretty good weekend in Perth last weekend with the uh, the Bledisloe test over there and a great turnout for that. So uh, obviously yeah. there's there's still that strong rugby base and excitement and you know um, you know interest for the sport. Um, obviously with big plans for. Uh, uh, rapid Rugby in 2020, uh, I imagine you guys are feeling pretty optimistic about the future. Oh, definitely, yeah. We, we've got a huge um, um, supporter base here. Um, the, the Sea of Blue, they're fantastic. And, you know, they've been through everything that we've been through. Um, and they continue to, to turn up in droves. I, I think, uh, um, yeah, we've had crowds this year anywhere from 8,000 to, to 13,000 in our games, which is uh, probably just a little bit more than what uh, the Super Rugby Clubs on the East Coast are getting so we've got great support here um, and they're, they're right behind us and I think they're obviously very grateful for what Andrew and Nicola Forrest are doing and the Mindaroo Foundation um, in, in supporting rugby in WA And uh, Tim, in terms of uh, the match next weekend against uh, the Ikaletahi, I guess it's fitting that you go and play Tonga because of course you've played uh, Kangifa Samoa a couple of times you've played the Fijian Latui uh, as part of Rapid Rugby a couple of times I think in a previous job, you uh, you've also coached against the uh, the Indrua and the uh, NRC as well. So, um, well, and in your current role, um, so yeah. so um, uh, Tonga, I guess, is the one you have to tick off uh, to to get the trifecta. Yeah, that's right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get the win, and then that is the trifecta because we've had a good year there against uh, uh, the Samoa, uh, Fida and the Latui, the Fijians. So hopefully we can get the win over there. But um, where we know. It's going to be a monumental pass, but um, yeah, we're, we're really happy with how we um, played last week after having six weeks off. And um, yeah, the server's going to embrace this, and, and it's pretty special, so we can't wait. And um, I mean, it's obviously a Rugby World Cup team. You have you had a chance to watch any of their matches? They obviously played uh, up in Japan. They played against uh, obviously a couple of their uh, more closer to home rivals as well. Have you had a chance to watch much of Tonga's matches? Yeah, we have. We've had a look at their past few games. So they've played uh, Japan, um, as you mentioned. Uh, they played Canada, and they had a that uh, the game against Samoa, which was in uh, pretty pretty atrocious conditions. But um, yeah, so we have had a bit of a look at them. And I mean, the other thing that's great to see, uh, and what Global Rapid Rugby this year has provided, is I think the Tongan World Cup squad have four guys um, in their squad who uh, who played throughout. Uh, rapid rugby this year. Uh, looking at the Latui World Cup squad, uh, sorry, the, the Fijian World Cup squad, there were six Latui uh, members in that, named in that. Uh, we've got three guys who are currently with the Samoan squad and Marcel Brachet, who's over with the US. So it's uh, it's really good to see. And um, it just shows, um, yeah, global rapid rugby uh, and, and it's worth. And uh, Tim, I guess it's, it's also a really special uh, occasion this match will be for the Tongan team because... I think two, three years ago, they played their first home test match in eight years, and 
since then they haven't been able to back it up with uh, any more. So they've played two test matches at home in eight in ten years, basically. So to host mm-hmm. the Western Forces is a pretty big deal for them to play in front of their home supporters. We all know you guys have demonstrated in recent years what it means for WA to to have a team, to have a community um, to come out and uh, play for them and have them come and watch as uh, no doubt that's pretty important to the Tongans as well, who don't get to see their team very often. And we've seen the Tongan supporters in New Zealand for both league and union, but uh, to have that opportunity yeah. to play against them in Tonga, uh, something they don't get very often, I, I imagine will be uh, pretty special. Yeah, it's, uh, it, there's a big week planned ahead uh, from what we're hearing over there, which is, you know, they deserve it. They're, they're such passionate supporters and uh, they're, they're great to be around and you know, within rugby circles and they're lovely people and just, out and out love their rugby so um, yeah I think as I said they've got a big week planned and uh, it's great for us to be part of it but um, yeah, we're, we're going over there to, to assist them obviously as well with their World Cup preparation and, uh, and I'd, um, yeah, obviously sincerely hope they go well Western Force coach Tim Sampson speaking there to Vinnie Wiley in Tonga's last fixture ahead of the World Cup Tonga will play the All Blacks in Hamilton on the 7th of September The Fiji Football Association is aiming for continuity as it prepares to advertise for a new head coach. This comes after the sudden resignation last week of former head coach Christophe Garmel, who cited personal reasons for his decision. The association's chief executive, Mohamed Youssef, says they were aware that the Frenchman, who was only halfway into a four-year contract, had experienced personal difficulties with his family who reside in France. Mr Youssef spoke with me about Garmel's resignation and the future vision of Fiji football. Oh yes, um, we we knew in April that he has some issues with his family, and uh, uh, he was still trying to work it out. And uh, we were aware, and we allowed that process to finish. And after a Pacific game, we had uh, sent him to France to go and sort out his family issues. So he came back, and uh, he had no other choice but to uh, quit for the sake of his son's welfare and. Uh, and we happily uh, mutually agreed to terminate the the contract uh, with no issues. So FGFA will now advertise uh, locally and internationally for our professional coach to uh, by October that we want that to be in place so that we can start our preparation for the OFC Nations Cup and the Qatar World Cup qualifying uh, series. Yes, and and um, how how much did he have left on his contract? Uh, he came initially January 2017 for a 18-month period, which was in July 2018. Then he signed another four-year term with us, and uh, this would take would have taken him to 2022. Uh, wow! So we quite to, quite a big quite a big gap. Uh, it was a long contract, and we. We wanted stability in that area, uh, and uh, so that on a bit of longer time, then he can really go from the grassroots and plan. Uh, and we had then the, the launched the Mission 2026 uh, World Cup, where the number of teams will increase, and IFC might have one and a half chance. So uh, we are planning for that and preparing accordingly our youth teams. I see great great vision there and and um I guess I guess with uh just going back over his tenure before we look forward 
Uh, he, he's managed in his in his time to move you up a bit on the FIFA World Rankings. You'd be quite pleased with that. Oh yes, yes, yes. He came. We were 189. Currently, I think we are 163 now, and uh, we ventured into playing Asian teams. We played under him, played Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, and all these teams. So uh, we also played Mauritius. We played Estonia and Fiji. Uh, apart from the uh, neighboring Pacific countries. So all in all, under, uh, under him, when he arrived uh, till today, we have, may have played about 22, 23 inter- internationals. A bit of a cloud also with the accusations uh, of, uh, of abuse. Was that cleared up in the end? The investigation committee made up of lawyers and judicial people had cleared him of any wrongdoing and... Uh, the matter was resolved, so there's nothing such that uh, he he had a tainted uh, uh, a tainted picture on him uh, because everything was investigated and cleared. So we had no issues with that. Yes, and now looking forward, you said you'd be in, uh, um, advertising internationally and and locally. Is there a preference, or is it just just <coughs> wide open at this? Yes, yes, we. We very much would like to continue with the new football that is being established in Fiji, new possession-based football uh, philosophy, um, more European style, and uh, so we'll be looking uh, along those lines to to recruit a coach who also uh, has the same uh, uh, football philosophy that we don't have to re- don't have to restart everything. We can just continue from here. The chief executive of the Fiji Football Association, Mohamed Youssef. And that's the world in sports for this week. For more Pacific coverage, just head on over to our website, www.rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.